This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. This is Michael Gannett with Insight to Israel and Chocolates for Heroes. And it is another, it's another beautiful day in the Jewish state. And sometimes when I say that, there's people that question me. And they say, during times of the Intifada, during uh, Protective Edge, the war in the Gaza in 2014, Michael, how can you say it is another beautiful day in the Jewish state? And I can say that with all confidence in knowing that there is a Jewish state, regardless of what happens in the world. Regardless of the decisions that governments make, regardless of the of the indecision, maybe sometimes uh, the impracticality of the decisions even made by the Israeli government, there is a Jewish state that has been ordained, rebirthed by God Himself. Uh, the return of the Jewish people from the diaspora after 2,000 years of no homeland. Even though there has always been a Jewish presence here in the land of Israel, this rebirthing uh, is a miracle and a prophecy fulfilled uh, by God Himself. So, that goes in accordance with what we're going to talk about on the radio show, but I want to start off by saying thank you, thank you to the guys at America's Web Radio who bring the truth about the Jewish state to the grassroots of the United States. The truth about this amazing country and what I've seen here in nearly 40 years. Uh, the miracle as I travel this land almost daily. Uh, the miracle of the history. Uh, let's just start with 1948 and every uh, opposition to the Jewish people being here uh, when it comes to war and boycotts and intifadas, yet still God preserves the land and the people and prospers it. That's why I call it the God bless Jewish labored land. Thank you, America's Web Radio, for bringing this truth. As Insight Israel is in the top 20% out of 26,000 radio shows and heard around the world. You can't even imagine, uh, for me, Personally, uh, the things that I've personally been through and, and uh, things I've personally struggled with in times when maybe sometimes there was $5 in my bank account, but yet when I get an email from someone in Asia or in South America that says, Michael, please tell the Jewish people that we love them and we pray for them, we stand with them, that they're not alone. It's that satisfaction, it's that that appreciation, that joy that I find that runs deeper than a paycheck. Uh, when you do something out of principle, when you do it out of passion and principle, those two combined together will bring fulfillment to your life. And that's what I found here in Israel for me personally. And uh, so thank you, America's Web Radio. Thank you to everyone who listens to the radio show who looks at our social media, who likes it, who shares it, who comments. Uh, 
it's amazing that even people who don't even comment or don't even show any kind of uh, evidence or appearance of, of paying attention, but when I went back to the United States, the people that I talked to, even in my small town of West Virginia, where there are no Jews whatsoever, the testimonies of people saying, I've watched what you've done for four years, and I have a different perspective now on Israel. Uh, I see the truth of what is happening there that I don't get from the general media. I will never get from the media. You got Josh Maxwell. Wow, what a testimony. Jay, you watched the video. It was amazing to see the conviction in this guy's eyes uh, of his love for Israel and understanding of what is happening here. And now his daughter, who's in high school, is writing a paper doing research on Israel uh, because of what she saw on Insight to Israel. So thank you to everyone. It is because of you being a participator, not a spectator, and sharing this information and getting it out there and listening to the radio show. Uh, so, moving forward, I also want to thank everyone who gives to Chocolates for Heroes. It is amazing. Look at the social media, folks. You can't even imagine what it means to a soldier who comes out of the womb in this country, who's born, and from the time they're born, all they hear from the media, from the governments, uh, and even from the surrounding countries, that uh, the soldiers, the Jewish people, are murdering babies and oppressing the quote-unquote Palestinians. Uh, and even those that are citizens of, here, of, of Israel that are not Jewish, that, are, that happen to be Muslim, who have more rights legally than the Jewish people themselves who have representation legally, who have representation in the Knesset, who have the ability to work in all aspects of, of a career or some type of job here in Israel as a citizen, who get almost free tuition at Tel Aviv University. These are the things that are the truth uh, here in the Jewish state that not everybody has access to. And when these soldiers are continually beat down, when they see the note on the chocolate bar, they always come back and say, Michael, thank you for these few words of encouragement that keep us going, that give us that strength, that encouragement to continue to defend our country, even in spite of the odds that are against us. And many times, Jay, I tell the soldiers, listen, don't depend on governments to protect you. Don't depend on the United States to help defend you. You need two things, each other and God. When you have those two things and you put your faith in Him, even if you're not wearing a kippah, if you open Torah and read of the exploits of Joshua, of David, see what God has done even against the odds for your people, have confidence and faith in that, trust in that, thank God, be thankful to God for your land, for your home, for your family, for the food you have to eat. Jay, you know what a Holocaust survivor told me about living in Israel? She said, even if you have a piece of bread daily. This is a Holocaust survivor. She said, Michael, you can't even imagine what we've been through. The persecution. But living here in Israel, even if I have a piece of bread, living here in Israel, I'm blessed. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that, wow, that's amazing. So, so, Get involved. Get involved with Chocolates for Heroes. Get your friends, your family, your church, your synagogue. Put a simple note on a chocolate bar. 
and let a soldier know that you stand with them, that you're praying for them, that you're, you're, you're there for them, even in this simplistic way, in a cost-effective, time-efficient way. It doesn't take a lot. And now we have a unique opportunity where you can literally purchase from us here in Israel uh, Hershey's chocolate bars at a dollar apiece, and which saves a lot of money in shipping. The shipping will be about $100 or more. And so you can purchase those from us at a dollar apiece. Go to my Insight to Israel Facebook page, send an email. You send us the note in an email, or you can handwrite the notes and mail them to us. We'll put them on the chocolate bar. We'll take your picture, collage it with a picture of a, of a note on your chocolate bar, and we will give you due credit and thanks in the social media. So thank you for encouraging these soldiers. America, thank you. Because if it had not been for Hashem giving Torah to the Jewish people, we would not have a U.S. Constitution because the founding principles where God's name is mentioned, the founding principles come from the principles of Torah. And if the Jewish people must fight for freedom every day, we are morally, biblically, historically, ethically obligated at all costs to stand with them. And when we do that, we, are, we will find our individual lives individually will be blessed. And when your life is blessed as an individual, your nation, your country will be blessed. And uh, wow, that's, I'm a firm believer in that. You cannot get away from that. I've seen it in my own life in the almost four years that I've been here. And uh, we're going to talk about some of these amazing, amazing miracles here on Inside Israel today. Uh, I've got uh, uh, a gentleman that I've known pretty much since I've been here and who, is, uh, who I am thankful that I can call a friend. A, a friend. I think probably my friends here uh, in Israel have been so blessed. Iris and Tally and Yoav and, and, and Jay. So blessed with a group of, of friends that are a support base that uh, scold me when I'm wrong. Iris, you can't imagine how much she punches me in the head. <laughs> and are an encouragement to me uh, when I find myself, even at times that may, they may not even know, that I find myself discouraged uh, for whatever reason. But I am blessed, I'm thankful uh, for such a fine group of people of quality of character and of principle and of fortitude and uh, their desire to, to continue to, to make the Jewish state a greater place for the Jewish people to live in blessedness under the hand of God and prosperity and giving to the world a number one in technology, agriculture, and medicine. Now, that was my introduction. And, uh, Jay, you know what? I'm telling you, when I sit down with your people, I sat in a nail salon. Uh, a woman saw my hands at the bus station and said, Wow, you have nice hands. I want to use you on a video. And I said, okay, if you give Tally and Iris a free manicure, done deal. Uh, and so we sat down. This woman did a whole video. She said, Michael, why do you stand with Israel? What is your compulsion? You have an easy life in the United States. And when I explained to her how blessed my life has been, how amazing this country is, Jay, she started to cry. She did a whole video on this and posted it on YouTube. When I shared the history of the Jewish people, she was in complete shock that a non-Jew knows the history, and not just a, a book knowledge in itself, but I, 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 know, I, I love it with my heart. And uh, wow, what a, what a, what a blessing. Uh, I've been invited by this woman and her husband, 
and her five kids uh, to come to a Shabbat dinner. And what a blessing it is to be in this country and uh, to know the history and know that divine providence has directed it. So with that being said, <laughs> wow, I could like, Jay, there's so much I could talk about all day that just brings me such a joy. Uh, people, it's, it's, it's changed my life, man. So th- I want to say, Jay, thank you for being on Insight to Israel. Thank you for having me, Michael. And uh, we, we have some, uh, there's some exciting things that we have to share today. Uh, but I want to start off by uh, sharing uh, the event that's coming up, uh, honoring the 40th anniversary of Entebbe. Now, for those of you who don't know what Entebbe is, uh, in 1976, a French airline left Ben-Gurion Airport, stopped off in Greece. Uh, in that stopover in Greece, uh, a Muslim... And a German woman who is, uh, would, I guess you consider a Nazi, uh, she, uh, they both hijacked the plane, took the plane to Libya, then on to Entebbe, Uganda. And while they're in Entebbe, Uganda, uh, they separated the passengers, Jews and non-Jews, uh, and then let all the non-Jewish passengers go and held them there, and the Israeli Defense Force, wow, went and did a daring rescue. Jay, let me ask you, I'm going to start off by saying, first of all, this event is going to be amazing. We've got some great speakers. And some of those speakers have been like my top radio show listening uh, in the past two years, like the top Sarah Gunther Davidson, who's not going to be there, and Yoram uh, Benata, who was 17 on that plane. Uh, he, he did an amazing interview. Jay, from your perspective, we're going to get to the event, but when you look at this event, from your perspective, and I'm sure you've heard about it growing up, uh, when you saw what your, uh, what your what the military did, what your military did, uh, what is your perspective on this whole situation? It's an it's an old story. Um, unfortunately, you know the the anti-Semites have been trying to use kidnapping, hostage taking of Jews for for thousands of years. It's unfortunately nothing really nothing new. Um, you know, we have stories in the Talmud about it. We have stories through, through, you know, European, you know, thousand years ago in Europe that we actually have uh, letters of, of Jewish communities trying to raise money to be able to pay off wow. the the anti-Semites that that took their rabbi as a hostage. Um, you know, today anti-Zionism is the new anti-Semitism, and and this was just a one of unfortunately a very long history. Of, a, of attacks on Jews in, in this in this way, you know the the beautiful part of it is finally for the first time in in modern Jewish history and Jewish history for the last you know two thousand years we had an army to be able to do something about it. We didn't have to pay anyone off. We took our our, our own our own boys and our own guns and our own airplanes and 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 did something about it, and we won. <laughs> and and to me that that's the most exciting part. Instead of, you know, it, I take for granted that the people who hate us will hate us and will try to hurt us in this way and many others. What we can't take for granted is is having a Jewish army and a Jewish state able to defend defend against it and defend against it wildly successfully. Yeah. And and to me that's what we're honoring. You know, yeah. uh, I, I don't I don't I don't need to harp on who hates me. I need to celebrate. 
who this loves me. Yeah. And I need to celebrate, you know, us as a people and, and what we're able to accomplish by the grace of God in this in this modern era, having having a Jewish state with with guns that we use for good and airplanes we use for good. Right. Um, wow. And courageous Jewish soldiers, sh- soldiers that will put their lives on the line to protect the family, and that's the family is called the Jewish people. So that's what the story of Entebbe is a lot for me, and that's how I frame it. And I think most of Israelis frame it the same way, and they should. You know, if I, if I could uh, add this, you know, I, I, I have a video uh, that I just recently posted. I went to an organization which. We are actually going to team up with Adopt a Softer in the same light. We haven't done it yet, and I apologize. But I uh, went to AMCA, who counsels uh, Holocaust survivors, and so we donated chocolate bars for the Holocaust survivors to put notes on. And I did this interview with a woman, and to hear her story was amazing because she said, unless you watch the video, you really can't catch grass, the depth. She said, we used to live in fear. Living in the diaspora, she didn't use that exact word, but when we were not in Israel, we lived in fear because we knew no one protect us. She goes, now I live in peace, knowing we have an army to protect us. And to hear that from someone who has been through so much, it's stirring. It's stirring. And uh, what they accomplished on that day was simply amazing. The odds were completely against them. So I think it's uh, amazing that we are able to hold such an event uh, because there's many young Jews, many New Orleans, that are not familiar with the depth of this story and its success. And we're also going to honor Yoni Netanyahu. uh, Natalie and I spoke about this. We're going to take an Israeli flag and we're going to have the speakers, the guest speakers, autograph it and we are going to go to Mount Herzl on July the 4th and do a video and honor Yoni Netanyahu and place that flag on his grave. So, uh, this... Let me just put in context who's Yoni Netanyahu. Uh, you guys know the name. Yoni Netanyahu is the older brother of, of Benjamin Netanyahu, the current Prime Minister of Israel. Um, and of all the uh, soldiers and passengers that were there, um, he's the one soldier that lost his life. Yeah. He was actually uh, one of the heads of, of the uh, rescue unit. The designer. He was one of the designers and, and, and led. He was the lead officer. You know, in the Israeli army, I don't know how unique it is in the world, but I think it's rather unique, where uh, the officer, the leader of the, u- of the unit, is on the front line. He's not standing back in a, on a sofa with a cigar. He, there, there's, there's a phrase, I'm going to say it in Hebrew, that, that's, that's a well-known phrase uh, in the Israeli army called Ahurai means after me. I'm your leader. I go first. Leaders lead. Leaders don't sit in the back and tell people where to run. Right. And uh, because of that, because he was the front guy, the first guy off the plane in the building, the last guy to leave, he he, he unfortunately was was shot and and I think died on the the plane ride back. Actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he died on the tarmac. They shot him uh-huh. As they were going into to the uh, to that to the to the main terminal there, he was saying that exact thing. There's a, a new documentary out that came out a few years ago, which actually inspired me and was the push for me to come here called Follow Me, and uh, so which is a great documentary. And 
that was one of the things he said, follow me, Kadima, Kadima, move forward, follow me. Yeah. And he was the, one of the guys shot. He was shot in the chest and died instantly. Oh, wow. And, uh, but even in that, because the men respected him. I mean, the people I've talked to, uh, and we're going to hear this from uh, some of the uh, soldiers that are going to be testifying uh, this Wednesday, but in the training, because he had a four-year scholarship, and this needs, I can't emphasize this, he served his time in the Army, and then he got a four-year scholarship to Harvard. And while he and his wife, who he had an obligation to, and an obligation to his education, when they saw what was happening, the war that was ravaging this country, his priority was, I must go back. And he returned and got into Sarat Nakal, which is a special forces unit that he and Bibi were in. Uh, and he would train, when he would train with the soldiers, he, they, they loved him and they hated him. Because when they would be on runs, you know, and they always carry a medical cot, cot with a soldier on it, you know, in their training. And the soldiers would lag behind with the medical cot. And he would run from the front to the back, grab that cot, and make his way to the front. And they hated it in the sense that he was always pushing them harder and harder. But in the end, what they accomplished, the training that... that uh, they had reached this this pinnacle. They loved him for it, for pushing them. Uh, I'll tell you, I've been blessed to really interview some of these people, and it was uh, it's been amazing. So we're going to honor uh, these these folks. And uh, actually, I started out. I was going to have like a small uh, little event, personal, and then video it. And I was going to invite you and your wife and and. A few of my friends and then y'all have suggested that uh, we, we make this bigger for more people to be involved. It's, it's, it's worthy of it, so I'm uh, definitely excited for that. So, uh, anything you'd like to add on that? No, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, it's the 40th anniversary, and, and anything we take for granted melts away. Right. And we don't, at least from a Jewish perspective, we don't celebrate something just because it happened as a memorial. We, we remember it because it's those values that we're honoring that are as relevant today as they were then. And I think it's, it's bringing that specifically to young people and specifically to young Olim that came here who aren't familiar with a lot of these details uh, and give them those values firsthand from people who are there. That's, 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 that is invaluable. And that's gold for, for generational, you know, intergenerational knowledge and intergenerational passing on of the ideals and values of the Jewish people, of the state of Israel, of, of what it means to be good and do good in this life. Wow. You know, there's certain things, Jay, that, I, that I've experienced since I've been here. Uh, you know, every time I go to the Paul Mock Museum, which was one of the uh, fighting groups against the British while they were occupying Jewish land before 1948, and every time I go there, I walk away with something deeper instilled in me every single time because I pick up something new every time and uh, that's just like this event I, it's I, I hope that when it's over with that some of these young people that are in there that have heard but have never experienced on a first hand level hearing the voice of, a, of someone who came through that I hope that somewhere someone emails us and says it was because this event it was a turning point in my life and how I viewed my country and my people and uh that's what we're shooting for, is that life-altering 
uh, situation that would help us come to the knowledge that number one, that that was only accomplished by a miracle of God. All of the odds were against them. And number two, that in that situation, like I said, that we'd walk away different than when we came. And when we do that, when we allow those truths to be instilled in us, then we can affect other people's lives. Wow. I mean. Okay, moving forward. Jay, you, uh, I want to congratulate you on an accomplishment that I know you worked very hard towards, uh, which is exciting for me, as <laughs> someone who's not Jewish, but knows your history and loves it and embrace it, uh, embraces it. Uh, tell us a little bit about the new holiday that is more than just a holiday, but is in, insightful and impactful into the lives of every Jew here. Yeah, so uh, a few days ago, on the uh, 21st of June at around 6 p.m., the Knesset passed uh, the final vote, uh, creating a, passing a new law that created the newest holiday in Israel, a national holiday called Yom HaAliyah, Aliyah Day. Aliyah, for those who don't know, is the Hebrew word for ascension to the land of Israel for a Jew. When a Jew comes home, we see we consider Israel to be uh, higher physically and spiritually than the rest of the world for a Jew, and that when a Jew returns here, he's not just coming home, which he is, but he's coming to an elevated place that both physically and spiritually impacts his life. And so Jews don't use the word immigration because a Jew can immigrate to any country in the world, but only when a Jew returns to Israel is he elevated. And that's what the word wow. Aliyah, and that's what the word Aliyah means. So Yom Aliyah or Aliyah Day celebrates Aliyah as a core value of Israel and the Jewish people. And then at the same time celebrates the contributions that those who make Aliyah, and in Hebrew we call those people Olim, um, one who has made Aliyah, the contributions they make to this society, past, present, and future. Uh, Aliyah isn't just a modern Zionist concept, although it was certainly championed by the early the early Zionists, it's, uh, it's an ancient biblical concept about Jews coming home, coming to the land that God promised us to actualize ourselves as individuals and as a people. And we believe that as Jews, only in this place, on this land, breathing this water, uh, breathing this air and drinking this water, can we really attain the, the ultimate purpose that we're set out for. And only in that way can we come as close as possible in this life to being close to God and, and following His Word to, to really attain what it is that God gave us, uh, God gave a mission for us to accomplish here. So, newest Israeli national holiday. It's something that started as a grassroots movement of young Olim, young Jewish immigrants, actually here in Tel Aviv uh, over the last six, seven years. Uh, and we've been celebrating this day on, on the 10th of Nisan, the month of Nisan, um, is, is the month of, of the holiday of Passover, where Jews celebrate not just the leaving in, of Egypt, but leaving of Egypt to then get the Torah in Mount Sinai, to then, 40 years later, entering the land of Israel with our Torah to follow the law of God in, in the place that God gave us and told us to be. So, Aliyah Day was chosen as the 10th of Nisan, but why specifically the 10th of Nisan? It's actually a rare date recorded in the Bible. It's one of the rare dates uh, that we know that not only the day, which is rare enough in the Bible, we actually know the place that it happened on the day. So 
let, let, let me put you, I mean, I know your listeners are very Bible knowledgeable, so I'm not going right. to give too much context. Yeah, but, but the Hebrew calendar is something different. The Hebrew calendar is something different. But, but if everyone opens up their book of Joshua and they read it in English, it's quite clear. On the 10th of the month of Nisan, God commanded Joshua to lead the Jewish people to cross the Jordan River east of Jericho at a place called Gilgal to enter the land, to come home. And so that's the date that we chose to be the date of the modern new national holiday called Yom Aliyah. In fact, not only did God tell the Jews and Joshua to enter, but he actually com commanded Joshua to commemorate it, creating these two monuments of 12 stones representing the 12 tribes being together and told, told Joshua this is the day to mark. And it was almost weird. It was always weird for me that this date wasn't something that was already a Jewish religious holiday. Yeah, that um, is strange. But, you know, there's there's lots of things that uh, God reserved to happen toward uh, toward a later date in history, toward a date uh, toward the end of days is, is, is a phrase we, we, we talk about. And we're there. It's something that Jews pray, have prayed for multiple times a day for thousands of years. Hold that thought. Yeah. Hold that thought. We're going to come right back. Ah. We all have comfort zones. There are those areas of life that, when disturbed, we cry out and protest, It's not fair! I don't like this! Instead of seeking your own comfort, imagine what the world would be like if we were looking to comfort others. That's what God does. The psalmist said, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, God has every right to demand that we bring Him comfort, but instead He reaches out, and in our times of hurt, He brings healing. When Jesus Christ returns to this world again someday... Every believer will be united with the Lord. That passage ends with a powerful sentence of security. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort. It conjures up thoughts of ease and inactivity. Yet the most comfortable we can be is in the center, the active center and purpose of our lives for God. Instead of looking for a way out of your current circumstances, why not look up to the Christ of comfort who will help you, heal you, and make you whole? This is John Bryan bringing you today's key word. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And we're back. It's Michael Gannett with Insight to Israel. Jay, wow, great stuff. Go ahead, brother. This is important stuff. That's right. You can't cut off me, me, talk, <laughs> me talking Torah, man. You can't even talk, talking the Word of God. So, as, as just to recap, you know, God commanded Joshua to commemorate this day of the crossing of the 10th of Nisan, where uh, not only did, did, did we do the crossing, we crossed whole. We crossed the entirety of the Jewish people came home. It was the first mass aliyah in history. So God commanded Joshua to commemorate it, creating these, these two monuments of 12 stones each. Um, then, by the way, all, all, all the men of proper age were actually circumcised. Because um, even though a Jew was supposed to be circumcised on the eighth day during the desert, we, 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 we weren't doing that uh, for lots of reasons. But uh, when we entered the land, it was time to get the job done. Wow. Um, and so we, 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 all, all the Jewish men were circumcised in mass. We came home in mass. Did you say it was a bloody mess? No, yeah, that's cute. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That's where. In mass. I'm sure it was, but not, not, nonetheless. We actually know today where, where this place is. We actually have the tradition of, of the location of, of the crossing. Um, and so we've been celebrating this as young Olim in Tel Aviv for years now. 
celebrating Ali as a value of Israel, but also connecting the ancient to the modern. And I think so much of Jewish life, Judaism in general, is connecting the ancient to today. We, again, we don't just, as Jews, celebrate what happened back then. God forbid we're considered sentimental people for sentiment only. We, we, we honor right. the ancient because there are values within that ancient that are relevant now. Absolutely. And so the same way on, uh, for, for Jews on Passover, we don't just celebrate the leaving of Egypt. We celebrate freedom today. We celebrate freedom both national and personal. So much of the, of a, of, of the holiday Passover from, from a Jewish perspective is to think of ideas of free will. Right? What does it mean not to be a slave? You have the ability to proactively choose right from wrong. Um, and the same way on, on, on Aliyah Day, Yom Aliyah, we, we, we understand that God created a spirit, the spiritual and physical potential to maximize the idea of coming home specifically on that day. So not only are we revealing ancient biblical truth in the Word of God, but it is bringing it to a, to, to a relevant today's context where most Jews in the world don't live in Israel. Wow. Where, yeah, yeah. sometimes, you know, You've been on the radio show more than anyone. And there's a lot of things you make me think about uh, when I hear you talk that uh, whether it's uh, on a general basis or even I apply it personally. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine, first of all, what it's like uh, to know that God... When you look in the mirror, I don't know if this impacts you, but you look in the mirror and you say to yourself, I'm one of God's chosen. I'm more than just a creation of God. We're all a creation of God. But, and, and again, I don't want to, you know, I'm not saying to put you on a higher plane, but it, it does distinguish. So Jews, by the way, I, I, I want to I get on the, that point without going too much off track, but saying, yeah, the Jews were chosen, Michael, but the... Uh, Everyone was chosen for something. Right, absolutely. For something beautiful, meaning we all, both as individuals and peoples, uh, God gave us unique skills, talents, right? We we're, we're, we're all have unique abilities. Absolutely. And by the way, that with an ability comes a blessing and a curse, right? Right, it, right? You have the responsibility. If God gave you a tool, you have the responsibility to choose to use it for good. Right. And we're all given different tools. God gave us all different gifts. And whoever you are, whoever you were born... Guess what? You should be proud that God chose you to be you. And, you know, there's actually a, a prayer that, that, that Jews say every morning when, when, when we wake, after we wake up that we, we thank God for making us us. Right? Not that someone else is worse than us, not that we're better than anyone. But thank God I have my problems and not someone else's problems. Thank God I have my blessings and not someone else's <laughs> blessings. And, and so the chosen people thing, well, what were Jews chosen for? We were chosen to... Received the Torah, which, by the way, is also a tremendous responsibility. And who read the Torah, read the Bible, God gave us a lot to do. We have a lot to do, right? We have a, we have we have a lot to do to, to actualize ourselves as as individual souls and and, and as a national collective. But uh, God also chose to give us this one little strip of land called the land of Israel, and it's not the the biggest land in the world and it's not the most beautiful land in the world and it's not we don't have the highest mountains and we don't have the the, 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 the deepest the deepest lakes 
We, uh, we you do. do have, uh, we, have, we have the lowest lake. We have the lowest. But not the deepest. But not the deepest. <laughs> and, uh, okay, that's, that's another conversation. But bottom line, Jews were chosen the same way the Japanese were chosen, and the Irish were chosen, and the Argentinians were chosen, and you are, as an individual were chosen to do you. You know, what makes me thankful is when I see... I don't want to get off track, but I think there's an important point that should be made. Uh, God does give us responsibilities. And, and the beauty in that is, is that when we submit to Him... You know, we, we talked off the air about God's grace and how God will give us that strength to do what we need, what He wants us to do, and will give added strength even in our failure as humans uh, to accomplish His will. And look, the Psalms even says that if we don't worship God, if we don't love Him, the rocks will even cry out. In the Psalms, in, in David's Psalms. You know, from a Jewish perspective, God doesn't give us something to do that we can't. He doesn't give us a responsibility we can't burden. Um, which, by the way, is part of the message that we as an organization have to Jews around the world. If God gave us this land and told us to come home, there's no ex- good good excuse why not to be here. And, and this goes with Aliyah. No, I mean, that's the story of Aliyah, yeah. Because the sad part is... And we've talked about this many times. And, you know, there's a lot of things we're in agreement on. There's a lot of things we discussed that we're not in agreement on, but we have amazing discussions. But the sad thing is, one of the Holocaust survivors that I spoke with, here's a woman in her late 80s, and her children live in the United States. She has grandchildren. Brother, I have to tell you, it broke my heart, because here's a woman who survived the Holocaust, and yet her children, her grandchildren, live afar off. And she was here after the country was established. She came in 49. But it's like she should be bouncing those children on her knee every single day until the day she dies. Yeah, it's, uh, it pains me personally. It's a lot of why I do what I do. It's a lot of the reason I came here personally to, to take care of my, very selfishly, take care of my family and myself and do you know what I think is, is in the will of God. And, and it definitely hurts not just the Jewish people, but I think all of humanity that all the Jews in the world don't live in Israel. But that's, by the way, one of the reasons I wanted to create this holiday. When you create, when you create something national, it gives you a larger soapbox, right? It gives you a larger, a louder microphone to to reach out and talk about what is the ideal, right? That's leadership. Leadership is is talking about the ideals, educating the ideal. And this holiday, when you enshrine something on a governmental level. It doesn't change the spiritual reality, but very practically, it has a lot of good. It, it, it makes the conversation about something that much more intense. And the same way with, you mentioned Holocaust survivors. We have a holiday in Israel called Yom HaShoah, Holocaust Memorial Day. And it's that one day every year that the, the press, the government, talk about the Holocaust and, and the problems Holocaust survivors face uh, still today, which is a tragedy. But... If we didn't have a holiday honoring and talking about the Holocaust, we wouldn't do it. And when anyone takes anything for granted, it, it melts away. And the only by enshrining something as a national holiday, it is it is fundamentally establishing an ideal, an alia is an ideal, as part of and parcel of what it is to be the Jewish people in the state of Israel. 
And it'll give the media a reason to talk about Ali more. It'll give the government a reason to invest more in Olim. And again, that's a lot of the, the wisdom, the, the strategy behind the creation of the holiday. It certainly isn't a gimmick, and it's certainly n- not for anyone's honor. It's, it's to honor the ideal that is Aliyah, which, which is a, a, a commandment God gave the Jewish people. Um, and it's, by the way, it's an honor to have been part of that story, and, and, and it's an honor to, to have created this grassroots movement that then was adopted by the Knesset. And by the way, it wasn't just adopted by the Knesset, and this is such a beautiful part of the story. If only the, you know, Israel, the parliamentary system uh, in, in Knesset, which is our, our, our House of Parliament, our Congress, if you will, has the what we call the opposition, the coalition, the government, which is the coalition of parties within the Knesset that 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 work together, and they have the majority, and that's what Bibi Netanyahu is the head of. And then you have the parties, the political parties that are against the sitting government, and that's called the opposition. But this holiday was supported by the opposition and the majority of the coalition. Wow! Um, in fact, in Knesset, there were only five votes against the bill. Um, and those, not surprisingly, were, were, were five of, of the Arabs that, that are members of Knesset that voted against it. But this was a, un, a unity of the Jewish people bill. Wow. The holiday was created wow. with a plural, plural, uh, plural. Plural, plural, <laughs> plurality. Plurality. <laughs> I've been in Israel. You know, I've been in Israel too long. My English is melting away. My Hebrew's not getting better, and I'm losing my English. It's the worst of both. So it was created, and, and, and I think that to me really was the the biggest mark of, of approval for this. If, we, if it just passed, it would have been great. But to be passing by Likud and Labor. The leftists. By the left and the right <laughs> in the country and the center coming together and say, and by the way, it's it's we have, we have an understanding in, in Judaism. Uh, by the way, it's, it's everyone should be doing this. It's called uh, Hakarat Tov, having gratitude toward, toward those that, that do good. And so I'd like to publicly thank um, the Knesset members that really championed this for the last few years in Knesset, you know, not, nothing, no bill in Congress or anywhere passes quickly and easily. Right. Um, and definitely, you know, there were challenges. But uh, I want to I want to give give thanks specifically to the Knesset members that have been the real champions of this by name, if I can, Michael. Yeah, please. And that's uh, Knesset member Mickey Zohar from the Likud uh, party. That is Knesset member Chilik Bar from the Labor Avodah Party. Knesset member Michael Orn, originally American, was great, Israeli great ambassador, man. also to America, uh, from the Kulanu Party. Uh, Avraham Nagosa, who's an Ethiopian Knesset member um, from, the, again, the Likud Party. And just so you know, uh, the head of the Avodah Party, uh, Bougie Isaac Herzog, signed the bill. Uh, Yair Lapid, head of the Yeshati Party, signed this bill. The leftists. Amazing. Um, God bless. Uh, not you know the uh, Habayit UD, the National Religious Party signed this bill. Shas, which is the Sephardi Ultra Orthodox Party, signed signed you know signed on this bill. Um, that to me, we, again, I'm t- teaching your audience some Hebrew. There's a thing called Nachat, where I, I got a lot of uh, God. How do you translate that? Nachat, uh, a lot of uh, joy, a lot of joy, a lot of personal uh, satisfaction. Uh, satisfaction. At, 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 at so many people taking this on, <laughs> championing it, and saying, this is, this is the fundamental core of the Jewish people. And many people have heard the name Ariel Sharon, who was a former uh, decorated, a years ago. decorated Israeli general and former Israeli prime minister. Who he, he, I have, I'm going to quote him now, saying, Aliyah is the core fundamental value of the state of Israel. And uh, that was true 3,500 years ago with Joshua, and it's true today. 
Wow. And uh, that's what the holiday celebrated. You know, I've actually been down on the Jordan River, supposedly where Joshua crossed over. And before I was there, you actually had spoken to me uh, about this bill and had relayed this information to me because I'd never been there before for as long as I've been in the country. There's a lot of places I've been, a lot of places I haven't been. But Iris and I took a, an American woman down there, and I just, I, you know, I just pictured millions crossing over, and it's not a big river. It's not, it's not a big river, but you know, it, again, I, your, your it's audience. It's more like a creek to me. T- today, today it's a creek, although, although we do have sources that that, that understand that thousands of years ago the Jordan River was, was a, li- a lot more significant. Remember, today we, we siphon off a lot of the water right. for our agricultural Never and uh, drink, tr- drinking needs. Um, not to mention there are just geological ge- and, 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 and uh, ge- geographic shifts that have made the river much more of a stream today. You can really hop over it in most places. Um, but it's, you know, what's incredible at the place is that the, the Arabs themselves uh, name the place uh, Qasar al-Yahud, which uh, has a few translations, but one of the translations of Qasar al-Yahud is the, the, the cutting of the Jews. It's where the Jews, in two understandings, one, literally cut and crossed the, the river, because, the, again, the text of the Bible is clear. The crossing of the Jordan River was akin in a miracle to the crossing of the Red Sea. It actually says that the river split, that the Jews crossed on dry land. Wow. Meaning it wasn't just we could walk on mud. No, no, no. It was, a, it was an unnatural miracle where it was clean and clear, and we crossed the river holding the ark um, in a miraculous way. And, by the way, the cutting could also refer to what we talked about, the circumcision, the Brit Milah, where after we crossed at that place, there was this mass mass circumcision. Um, wow, that's beautiful, right? It's amazing. That, that, even, that even the Arabs and Muslims themselves know the truth of what happened there. It's actually really interesting. The, the, the place Gilgal, which is just east, east of Jericho, um, which, of course, Joshua was the first place uh, that Joshua and the Jewish people conquered when they entered the land. Um, it's that place that uh, is one of the few places in that part of the Jordan Valley, which is a total desert, arid wasteland today, you can actually go to the water. And when you go down there, I'm sure, Michael, you saw, you can actually touch and enter the Jordan River at that point. And it's it's incredible that now we have, you know, a, a security uh, peace deal with Jordan that we're, you're actually able to do that for the first time and you haven't been able to. It's actually to the right and left of that small little path getting down to the, the river is actually a massive minefield. Oh, uh, wow. There, yeah, there's, there, there's fences and, and beware of the mines on both sides, uh, which allow us to uh, to come close. But uh, it's, 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 it's a new reality. So it's, it's even cooler that now we have the law honoring this place, enshrined in the Israeli, in the Israeli national, uh, national system, and we have the place that we can now access to go there and celebrate it. So I, this year on the 10th of Nisan, I went down. I also want to note that the, the bill itself actually commemorates two, two, two dates. Uh, another date is in the month of Cheshvan, uh, around the, uh, the time where Jews read in uh, the synagogue uh, about... Abraham, Avraham's entering land of Israel, where we call the, wow. the, the, the portion of, of, the, of the five books, where we call Lech Lecha, where God said to Abraham, you know, go home. Um, the Knesset uh, is going to celebrate it on that day as well, and also have programming in schools, which is so cool. Young Israeli kids wow. will be able to talk about 
Aliyah and the, and the value that Olim make to the society. By the way, on that point, I think it's also crucial to mention Aliyah isn't just a fundamental value of Israel, but it's a very practical reality of every Jew in this country. Every Jew in Israel has an Aliyah story, whether it's, it's a guy like me who came home 10 years ago, um, or someone's, someone's great-grandfather came from Yemen, or someone's grandmother came from Poland, or someone's father came from Peru. That is the story of the Jewish people within the land of Israel, and it's, you know, it's rare that there's anything. I mean, you've been here a, a while now. Israelis don't agree on a lot, and we don't have a lot that, that is a thread that, that binds and unites us all, but the Aliyah story is one of those. And so having a holiday that celebrates that and shrines it as, as a universal good, again, made this such an easy win and a clear and a clear path of, of, of truth for, 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 for all of us. And by the way, that's, that's what a national holiday is, right? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a day of national celebration. Wow. That's huge. That's huge. It is? That, that you, and it took three years. It took, now, it, it, took, it took three years of pounding pavement in, 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 in the halls of Knesset. It did. Because, the, I, if I'm not mistaken, the first time you actually mentioned this to me was in a meeting back in the spring. And uh, it's amazing that, you know, that you'd been doing all this work. It, it, it's work. It's not, just, uh, it's not just celebrating as anyone who's ever worked with the political process, trying to pass a bill <laughs> through Congress... Listen, things things aren't always simple, and if even a lot of people want something to happen, that doesn't mean it just happens. Right. There's a lot of bureaucracy. Israel has more bureaucracy than most places in the world, and uh, I don't. Conf- I know it. There's a lot of conflicting fl- conflicting interests, a lot of conflicting egos. Who's getting credit? Whose face is there? Whose name is first? Yada yada. And so, you know, one of the miracles of the holidays, and just what happened th- 3,500 years ago, is that this actually made it made it through. Um, by the way, also, you know, we started this, the legislative process in the 19th Knesset three years ago, as you mentioned, and it was actually moving along the legislative process, which is, you know, first, first, first coming up with something that Knesset members want to get behind, getting other people to support it and sign it, going to the, 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 the legal committee that it's, that it's kosher in terms of uh, not violating Israeli civil law. At that point, it's got to go to the committees, the minister's committee. They have to like it. It's got to go to the committee about Aliyah, and they have to get behind it. Of course, like any bill that, that ever en- enters the government, it gets twi- tweaked, edited, changed, chewed up, which is not which is not fun. And then what happened in the last, Kine- last Knesset, we really thought it was going to happen then, the Knesset fell, right? The government fell BB apart. BB wanted new elections. BB wanted new elections, which means start again day one in the 20th Knesset. So as soon as the, you know we had elections, BB, BB won again, but you got to start day one. So I had to rewrite the law and had to get people signing it and go through all the committees once again. Uh, but this time we were successful. Wow. And I was, uh, I was very honored. They brought me into the, uh, to the in Hebrew, called the Miliyah, or the plenum, the, 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 the house of, of, of uh, the Knesset, for the vote, the final vote, the final speeches. Um, it, it, I don't get too excited generally, but uh, I actually brought one of my rabbis with me, Rabbi Shlomo Chaim, who was sitting next to me, and he just saw the light beaming off my face. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually broke a Knesset rule, and after the passing, I started clapping, which you're not, spo- <laughs> you're, not, you're not supposed to do. And to be honest, I knew I wasn't supposed to, and the Knesset guard definitely came over a little disgruntled. Uh, I, I gave my apologies, but I, I just couldn't contain myself. 
and I, I, I had, had to applaud. Had to applaud. That's hilarious. Let me ask you, the, when you, three years ago, the first person you approached in the Knesset, what was their response? Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, everyone we approach, almost universally, and, 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 and I'm, I'm, it's, it's not a surprise that the, the Arab Knesset members didn't want to get behind it, but really every individual Knesset member we approached was excited about it. Now, being excited about it and doing the, you know, getting your hands dirty, sweating to push it through the legislative process are two different things. So it definitely was some trial and error trying to find the right Knesset members to champion the bill. Uh, in both the 19th and now the 20th Knesset, but uh, the response was overwhelmingly positive. But listen, how often do you go to your congressman and he says, you know, he pats down the back and right. says, "Great job, great job." I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that under serious consideration. Well, that's not, that wasn't enough for us because we know that that's. I, you gotta I, push I, it. I didn't do this for a pat in the back, you right. know. Right. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got my mother, my mother to do that for me. But what, what I wanted was for us to actually become law. And that, uh, that took a lot. By the way, you should know I also have a lot of gratitude. We, ha- we had a signed letter of support from uh, 30, 40 major Jewish uh, Zionist organizations and, and, and minor uh, Olim community organizations in Israel and internationally wow. saying we're into this. And so, you know, that's the Jewish National Fund. That's the World Jewish Congress. That's the Jewish agency. That's Nefesh Benefesh. Uh, that's Hadassah, the Women's Zionist Organization, uh, the Zionist Organization of America. I want to give some some cabo to, to Jeff Dalby of the Zionist Organization of America. Yeah, they're great. I've had Jeff on the radio. Show. Yeah, so the, there's there's a lot of people that made this happen. This wasn't a this wasn't a me thing. It was a Jewish people thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Who to to lay the ground? What were you sitting around your table with a, an attorney and a bunch of guys and like? Coming up with the wording, how did you? No, so I, you know, as part of our organization, you know, I'm the president of the Am Yisrael Foundation, but where it's an umbrella for 12 different local uh, community-based organizations, specifically TLV Internationals, which is the largest olding community organization in the country. Um, and uh, my friend and partner with that, Jonathan Javor, who actually had experience working. Oh, is it Javor? Yeah, I thought it was Zay. Who was ex- experienced working in the Knesset? Great guy. Yeah, helped help really translate my words. Into Hebrew, I'm not the, I'm not the most proficient in our, in our in our holy tongue, and really helped get the le- legislative language correct. Uh, he was he was really fantastic and, and, and helped get this through. But yeah, I mean that, that's that's what it took. And then entering the Knesset, really physically in the halls, actually just knocking on doors. I think unlike unlike the American Congress, the Israeli Knesset is much less formal, and you really. A, a citizen can really go walk the halls, shake hands, knock on doors, smile, and say, "Hi, I'm so and so. This is what I'd like to talk about." Wow! And uh, enough Knesset members were gracious enough to let me in the door, sit down, and, and not just hear what what I had to say, but but took it on themselves. Wow! I, I can't even imagine what that must have been like. Even to go through that for three years, or some people don't even stay married for three years, let alone try and get a bill passed through the Knesset. <laughs> I, I, I had too much. I, I'll tell you, I had too much emotionally invested in it to let just let it drop. And by the way, it wasn't simple. There was a lot of ask my wife. There was a lot of stress. There was a, there was there was, a, there was a lot of ups ups and downs, which by the way made the the win 
that much sweeter. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Bro, I'm so proud of you. I'm, I'm uh, especially uh, when you first presented this to me, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Why? The same thing, I, you know, I'm sure it means even more to you, obviously, but when you presented this to me, I was like, wow, that's beautiful. That is an amazing... I, I couldn't even understand why it had not been done before, but it's in the right time. And and the impact, Jay, as more Jews come home, as more Jews are forced out of Europe, Western Europe especially, and especially, can I, can I say, the French Jews who are flooding this country to make Aliyah, what a, what a welcome home gift that you've presented them with. And for kids that were born here, born and raised, uh, who even though they didn't have to make Aliyah, they understand what it means because they hear the story of their grandparents or even their parents. Uh, because most kids here, or even our age, uh, first, second generation, third generation, usually not more than that because of the amount of people that were killed in the Holocaust and the amount of people that didn't live here pre-1948. So that's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Speaking of your wife, can I say this? No, okay. We're glad you have your wife even just in the room to be graced with her holy, blessed presence. And uh, that's actually one of our speakers calling here. I'll call him back, though. We've got a few minutes left. Uh, But, Jay, I want to say, for me personally... Uh, that it's things like this that I see in your life uh, on a personal and professional level that have truly Im- that have truly impacted me and uh, impacted my life and my view of Israel, my view of the Jewish people, my view of Torah. And uh, I'm hoping that the people that listen to this radio show, uh, they feel that same impact in spite of the fact they're not here. And uh, what you've done for the Jewish and the non-Jewish world uh, and the view even uh, from the Christian perspective uh, is a great feat. Listen, I, I just want to follow up on, on one thing you mentioned. Um, first of all, thank you for, the, thank you for that. No, very, man. Very gracious of you, but I want to say you mentioned the French Jews and, and coming home. Uh, I, I just bless every Jew not living in Israel that they come home by choice Amen. and not feel that they're fleeing from anything negative. Right. They should be coming here because they're achieving and attaining something positive. And it's it's not a responsibility coming home. It's it's a, it's a no, it's a, it's a it's a noble honor, man. Yeah. And and that to me is, is a crucial piece of of what I think the Alia story should be. You know, uh, the 10th of Nisan is a few days before Passover. And Jews around the world on Passover that night, sit around the table, and we have the Seder, where we read from from the Haggadah. And so at the end, at the end of that, we say, Lishana Habab Yerushalayim, next year in Jerusalem. And I want every Jew around the world, to, when they say that, to realize, wow, the story of, of Passover is really the story of coming home, and I live 20 minutes away from an international airport. Let's buy the ticket. Wow, wow, wow. That's good stuff. Jake, thanks for being on the show. I Thank really appreciate it, brother. And, uh... Knowing you is a pleasure, you and your wife, and we're blessed. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel and Chocolates for Heroes. God bless this amazing, amazing country and all those involved. And Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.